Tito's and Shiner Gonna be an all-nighter And I just might find her At the Whataburger line Dance halls and women But man, I'm wishing That I was fishing by the river tonight In Texas Howdy, 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 everyone We said everyone! Yeah, we did it! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to another freaking interesting A really cool episode Episode of Texas, the show about some things Texas. And some things not. And we, we're going to get to that episode in just a minute. Just a minute. We had the fortune of having our very good friend and Austin's own farmer, Peppy. Sean Peppy, the farmer goat herder. You'll hear from him in a second. Strap in. Maybe don't listen to this interview when you're working <laughs> because there's a lot to take in. Really interesting. Extremely intelligent. Very... Just present in the moment and a a conversation that sparked as many questions as it did give you information. Yes, and a very fruitful conversation. It had a lot of growth. I would say we yielded quite a bit of things. I thought that the conversation had a lot of fertile soil. (laughs) I love it. But before we get to that, we have a couple of not sponsors and one legit sponsor to shout out. Our first not sponsor of today's episode of Tex-ish is Shiner Holiday Cheer. Need a hangover? Don't worry. Drink one of these, you'll wake up with a headache. Shiner Holiday Cheer. It's like Pop Rocks mixed with beer. Shiner Holiday Cheer. For all of your holiday worries, worry for one thing only. (laughs) The massive hangover you're going to have opening presents. Shiner Holiday Cheer. Need to feel really bad? Drink one of these. Shiner Holiday Cheer. We bring the cheer and the pain. Shiner Holiday Cheer. It's molasses. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why? Because every time I drink it, I have a headache. (laughs) It's molasses, though. Oh, goodness. Okay. My my not sponsor is also a holiday beverage. Texas podcast is not brought to you by Starbucks holiday drinks. <laughs> Starbucks holiday drinks. Do you have diabetes? You're gonna. <laughs> Starbucks holiday drinks. It's molasses. <laughs> Starbucks holiday drinks. Because who doesn't want to wait in line for 30 minutes for overpriced sugar? <laughs> Starbucks holiday drinks. Starbucks holiday drinks. Need a high school to make you a piece of garbage? Starbucks holiday Starbucks drinks. Starbucks holiday drinks. <laughs> so segueing into our actual sponsor. Our actual sponsor for this episode of Tex-ish is Never Rest Coffee Co. Never Rest. Are you intimidated by all the hipster coffee shops out there, but also a little bit tired of your Folgers? Never Rest Coffee Co. It is the coffee for the people who want to get up and get after it. Never Rest Coffee Co. Never Rest Coffee Co. Never stop, never resting. <laughs> never stop, never resting. You can get 10% off with code Texish. You can get 10% off with code SETH. You can get 10% off with code Gunner Rogers, all caps. There you go. So you have three options, three options. to get we 10% prefer if off. We use Texas, but use whatever you want. And for real, the coffee is great. The owner is great. The brand is fun. Never rest coffee code. Don't Me- drink Starbucks. You're better than that. And they also do have Keurig options yes, now. They do. So if you're still not trying to abandon Sometimes, that. Sometimes, whenever you're never resting, you don't have time to stop resting. So you, so just, you must you go Keurig. Keurig. You must go Keurig. Because you're not resting. <laughs> never rest coffee code when you can never stop never resting. 
stopping. Never stop, never stopping. 10% discount code Texas, discount code Seth, discount code Gunner Rogers, G-U-N-N-A-R-R-O-G-E-R-S. Never us coffee code, 10% off, Texas, Seth, Gunner Rogers. You sexish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get to our segments. Let's get to our segments. <laughs> We're really rolling through this one. I'm pretty proud of us right now. So am I. I'm, this is a lot of energy. Oh, wait. Like I forgot to tell you. Uh, I watched the movie Tick, Tick, Boom. Did you watch Tick, Tick, Boom? For the second time. Here, I have a question, though. It's really good. Was it really good? <laughs> so good. Was it so good? It's really good. <laughs> I watched the what movie did, what Tick, Tick. What did you like better, the the ticking or the booming? I like the dot, dot, dot. Oh, oh. controversial choice. <laughs> <laughs> I love musicals. Seth does not so much. He did not like Tick, Tick, Boom near as much as I did, so I've been just every day sprinkling in the fact that I watched it again and really liked it. Mm-hmm. Who's our small town? Or small- what happened in Texas history? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually going to reverse it because um, I like our event more than I like our small town. Okay. So I'm going to start with small town today. It's called Jot'em Down, Texas. Jot'em Down? Jot'em Down, really short. This is an unincorporated community in Delta County, Texas, which is kind of north-ish Texas. North-ish. In keeping with the name of the show. Panhandle north-ish or Wichita Falls north-ish? Wichita Falls north-ish. Oh. Exactly. So it's like right on that edge there. Yeah. So I can't, I don't feel comfortable calling it East Texas. Okay. Because it's almost Oklahoma. So it's north-ish. So it's north-ish. It's called Jot'em Down, and it's called that because it was named after a fictional store in the Lum and Abner radio show. That's the story? That's the story. That's it. And it's the whole thing. J-O-T-E-M-D-O-W-M. There are hyphens, yeah. There is a hyphen. Wait, Jot hyphen M hyphen down. And it's Jot's M-E-E-M. Jot'em. Jot'em down. Jot'em down. Jot'em down, Texas. If you're ever driving in Northish Texas, be on the lookout for Jot'em Down. Gunner, who's our badass? Our bat. So we're going event last. No, we'll go event. Yeah, okay. sorry, I always forget. Man, the you're really rip, 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 remixing this one. I tell you what, you know what? I forget the order every time, so I'm just gonna rely on you to keep me in line. Okay. I appreciate that about you. You're welcome. <laughs> so the event today is something that is near and dear to my heart. It's Eeyore's birthday. Which is a day-long festival taking place annually in Austin, Texas since 1963. And it happens in the Peace Park District near UT. It was started by an English professor, Lloyd Birdwell, right before Dead Week. So this event happens every April right before Dead Week starts. And the first one consisted of a trash can full of lemonade and beer, honey sandwiches, and an actual live donkey covered in flowers. Wow. It has now become kind of a, you know, a bigger party for more of the hippie community in Austin. Happens on the same day in April every year. And it is more of a community-centered event. Thousands of people attend. It raises money for various causes. This year, it happened online. Because of COVID. Because of COVID. Did you go when you were in UT, or did you know this was a thing? I went once. Yeah, I knew it was a thing. I went to yours birthday once. It was a whole lot of fun. Uh, People are just, like, hanging out, listening to music. There's Winnie the Pooh theme kind of everywhere. And there's a (laughs) maple in theme of, you know, new beginnings and whatnot. I like it. Um, If you remember, your is sad because he thought nobody remembered his birthday, and it turns out everybody was playing Everyone did remember it. Aww. So it's just a nice little kickoff into Dead Week. I thought that would be a nice little fun event to throw in here. Heck yeah, and it sounds like anyone can partake now because it's online can partake now. and it's, it's online, open to everybody. Open to everybody. So depending on what happens with restrictions, if you're in Wichita Falls, <laughs> you can attend as well. All right. If you're in Jotam Down, Texas, if you have if a if computer. If you're in Anchorage, Alaska, if you want. <laughs> Hit it up. Yours it birthday. Up. All right, our badass of the week. 
sort of in theme of a farm themed mm-hmm. interview. Absolutely. As you know, there is quite a big Czech community in Texas. Mm-hmm. A lot of Im- of the original immigrants to right. Texas were German and Czech farmers. They like to keep Texas in check. <sighs> nice. <laughs> At least the checks don't bounce. <laughs> These are good. These are Thanks. good. I appreciate it. Welcome to Punish. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> you get it. I do. Anyway, so our Texas badass is William Bill Polk of West, the town West. The town West. Texas. Which we haven't gotten to yet, but we will someday. We will get to it one day, and it probably will be part of our Texas Goes video series coming out some way through some next way year. Some way through next year. But he is our badass because he is who founded, owned, and operated the original Czech Bakery Stop in West Texas. Hey, Very famous place along the I-35 corridor where thousands, if not millions of people have pulled off to the side to get a dang kolache. We got kolaches. We got kolaches. We got pierogies. We got more kolaches. (laughs) And we got more kolaches. Bill was born November 21st, 1934 in San Angelo, Texas. Hey Go now. Rams. Shout out. The son of William and Bonnie Polk. He graduated from Lubbock High School and attended Texas Tech University, sure. where he studied to become a chef. Bill proudly served in his served his country in the United States Marines. Bill enjoyed cooking, traveling, classical music, visiting with all his Czech family, those are big families, mm-hmm. and friends, and was always ready for happy hour. He was a devoted hard worker and was very proud of all of his accomplishments over the years, the most of which was opening up the Czech Stop and the Little Czech Bakery in West Texas. I love that. Bill Polk, everybody. Bill Polk, everybody. Do you think that him and the family enjoy a little bit of polka every Probably now and again? Probably a bit of polka, maybe connecting the polka dots. Polka dots. <laughs> <laughs> but really, if you have not yet, if you're ever traveling mm-hmm. on I-35 toward Dallas or toward San Antonio. Take a little North pit stop at the Czech Stop. Pull off. Don't go to Slovacek. That place is too modern. Go to the Little mm-hmm. West Czech Bakery. Little West Czech Bakery. All right, y'all. That is all of our segments. Thank you for tuning in up to this point. You know the drill. Press pause. Go like, subscribe, follow, download at TexasPod, at Texas underscore pod on Instagram. Leave a written review on Apple. Hit the stars. Follow on Spotify. And we really hope you enjoy this outrageous interview. I would almost call it a monologue. Yeah, I mean, it, just an educational overview. An educational masterclass. The flora and fauna of Texas and how important it is for all of us to take notice. And truly, Peppy, if you're listening, thank you for taking the time to sit with us. We know that it's not the easiest thing to leave your herd, leave the farm, all the things that you tend to and truly care about. So thank you for spending thank time you with so us. Much. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Peppy the Farmer. The soil store. Yeah. And that's where you like we worried so much about just NPK mm-hmm. for your nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. But then there's like thought to be twenty seven under like micro nutrients that are supposed to exist in the soil and thus then exist in us. And that can be processed again with animal or decomposition by uh, mushroom, but just natural cycles, not just um, only like th- synthesizing like urea or ammonium chloride. Yeah, and like, and then that's the majority of what we see sprayed out across our crops, as well as, I mean, a pesticide. Granted, I mean, just call it what it is. It's poison. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
and it's like and you and then you have a, a pesticide resistant crop but it's still going to kill your entire entire soil microbiology mm-hmm. so i don't think that small farms can feed america mm-hmm. um so we will be devout like depending on uh, like larger scale agriculture with high like high intensity uh, technology mm-hmm. so Texas is about to open up its first robotic farm at the end of this month. Interesting. And that's in Lockhart. It's called Iron Ox. And it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how much food can they chunder out of that and like, 82 acres. Yeah. With, like, 32 employees or something. And, like, and the rest of it is just all automated systems. Mm-hmm. And, like, and again, they, they, that can all work. It's just instead of the, the, the fertilizer that you're putting into it, like put some thought into that yeah. of developing your compost tea of waste streams that you have um, in, your, in your near vicinity. So, like, it's not like conventional agriculture is terrible. It just has to be tweaked. Yeah. Sure. And I, it's interesting because, um, it, I mean, we eat food every day, and it's provided by, you know, farms somewhere in some way. And uh, even as somebody who's relatively interested in food, I, I think very little about the actual farming of it. Like, what, what was something, like, what got you into this in the first place? I smoked DMT like sure. ten years ago, and okay. before it was popular. Yeah, before Rogan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, you're ahead of the times. Yeah, yeah. and um, I mean, granted, I was just trying to get wrecked. Sure, and, like, and it backfired. I, I wasn't in a good place. Yeah, and I was hoping that that would be like my next opening. Mm-hmm. And I've always had like 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 a, um, I mean, a strong relationship to God, mm-hmm. and um, specifically when you take it outside of the church and exist in it in a place of nature. And that's all that I was told is if I continued my path into like advertising and like in a complete urban climate that I would kill myself. And my role, and, like, and I will be blessed as long as I um, choose to, to serve like the Mother Earth and move to Texas and then put my life into agriculture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and see how it can work. And then it's just like, and then it's crazy to start like studying it. You're like, oh no. So I mean, even at where we're at right now, I believe we have 16 years left of. Um, Soil, um, mm-hmm. for all conventional agriculture in America. Okay. Before it, uh, it's just like, completely depleted. Just completely, just completely depleted. Yeah. used up. So, as part of what you're doing in, a, in an attempt to both bring awareness and show like how we can possibly circumvent that, or are we completely, you know, out of options? I think we'll be good. Okay. Like, uh, so, to me, like when I first started, I thought my my job was to like figure out how to feed as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then even just, like, at max efficiency, like, my small farm uh, would be able to, to feed, like, 50 people. Mm-hmm. People are like, that's awesome. But it still just doesn't make the change based on, like, how can you convince enough people to then live near an, an urban environment that have a half acre to one acre to then de- devote their entire life to it and... Uh, and then just be at such risk. Right. I mean, even like for like crop insurance and everything, that's not going to apply to a small scale market gardener. So, I mean, if storms coming through or like bad freezes and everything, I mean, you're just, you're wiped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you, and your customer base that has to be able to stick with you mm-hmm. as you're just like, sorry, all I have are turnips. Right. <laughs> and um, and, and then, those get old after a while. And then even like in a best case scenario, like, like you're, yeah, you would be operating a CSA <laughs> membership 
with the distribution of like them having to come to you to pick it up. But mm-hmm. God, this I would go to farmers markets and I'm just like, what? Like that's running the numbers on it. Like how much hours are you having to spend here? What gets subtracted from your tent rental fee? Yeah, and like, and then that's your hourly. That doesn't even include everything that you were doing on the farm. Mm-hmm. And, like, and there's a lot of like really solid practices, so you can, you can like chunder out food, but oh, you're always just floating. Mm-hmm. You don't make enough money for you to retire, and you yeah. don't make enough money to send your kids to college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, that's not a career that I want to tell people to go into. Yeah. Right. And it's not like you can farm and have like a lucrative side hustle. Mm-hmm. No, you can't even have a life. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like your life is your life farming. Is yeah, your life is farming. Is. And like, so it works sometimes like when it's like a, like a husband wife or just like a partner duo, mm-hmm. or you have the the family to work with it. But still, I've seen it just break relationships. Yeah. Like. You just, it's it's not it's not good. It's not something you want to depend on for your income. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the first one. How do we feed? How do we feed people without destroying the soil that it comes from? And I believe that we will be able to solve that through technology. Okay. Um, but number two, how do we re- how do we repair all of the land that has been destroyed yeah. from yielding food? Sure. And to me, that's not a technology answer. That's manpower. Yeah. Like, and years of troubleshooting, years. right? Well, yeah. it's like, for every different microclimate and, and the storms that come through and figuring it out. And, like, <clears throat> there, I just don't see how there is a shortcut. Farming yeah. is just the input of organic material. That mm-hmm. organic material can be plant-based or it can be animal-based. So, like, a lot of, like, coastal places, I mean, they're, they have this advantage of just being able to go down to the beach and load up trash cans with seaweed mm-hmm. and then work that into their soil and they're good for the year. So, like, you have to find out where your product was meant. And, like, being here in the American Prairie, it's 100% dependent on grazing units that come through mm-hmm. to, okay. repl- to replace the bison, which were once here. Yeah. Right. Which, like, we'll do... It's not... It's interesting to me, so everyone else can just sit back and get yelled at. I love it. Uh, <laughs> well, there that's used what to, we're here for. There yeah. used to be 40 million bison that roamed the American Prairie. So right. that had been all the way from Mexico up to uh, nor- uh, northern Alberta. Mm-hmm. And... We would see herds that were like twelve miles wide. Wow! So you could so you could sit down and then you could spend the entire day just watching until like the caboose comes through. So I don't know the numbers for bison at that scale, but I know for goat that it takes two hundred goats to intensively graze an acre on a daily basis, and that each animal would then produce an average of five pounds of droppings or fertilizer. So a herd of that scale, that's one thousand pounds of organic material. You put it back in the soil every single day. But what is the number when it's like 150,000 animals that weigh 1,800 pounds? Yeah, right. That's what built our prairie. Mm-hmm. And and we destroyed it. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, when we killed off the bison, we skinned them for their hides. Yeah. We cut out their tongues for a food delicacy. Okay. Yeah. Left all of the meat well, yeah, I, to then rot in the field. There are pictures of like rotting bison carcasses. Yeah, and, un- to... and un- unfortunately, I guess like they're, they're all going to be black and white. So you just have to work with your imagination right. of just these bleeding corpses that have had their their ability in a sense like to speak, like communicate, just ripped out. Yeah. And it's just funny. And then the the people that we called, um, I mean, uh, brutes and savages sure. just look over and they're like, what, it, who in the absolute fuck are these people? Mm-hmm. And we've never acknowledged or taken responsibility for what we perform. So that would mm-hmm. be like step one. Mm-hmm. But even when we, yeah, we left all the, the meat to rot and then someone came up with the idea of lacing the corpse with strychnine poison. 
and then that's what lured in and killed off all the wolves. Right. And the wolves are what churned the the grazers, um, mainly like deer and elk, mm-hmm. and kept it into a, a place of balance. So at this point, uh, deer have contracted what's known as CWD, or chronic wasting disease. And mm-hmm. It's kind of like a zombie disease that causes degradation to the brain. And we While don't, they're living. Uh-huh. And, then, and they don't know if it's transferable across to mammalian species, but I believe it 100% is. So like that's one of our other like like COVID bombs that we're we're able to unlock, and then I just read this um, this one this morning and I'm gonna botch it, but uh, for elk, which is now they yeah they they've had they've had to light up for the extermination of I guess like 500 bison in um, Yellowstone because there's something called like a brucelliosis or something that started with the elk and it's spreading over into cattle and the bovine, mm-hmm. and it just causes them to abort their baby. Oh. So then, like, and then, bam, that that makes its way eventually over to us as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the mother always bats last, and it's going to be this very humiliating phase where we find out that we're not the top of the food chain. We're mm-hmm. just somewhere in the grid of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And until we can create this, this balance, and, like, and especially, like, I just love in the, the term of um, Lakota, Amantaki mm-hmm. um, Austin, like, all my relations to to then understand we are all connected mm-hmm. and not just like brothers and sisters but uh, to each animal and plant and bacteria yeah. yeah well even connected in a singular way right like instead yes. of brothers and sisters yeah. one body one yeah, being what entity which i believe is like hypothetically the nature of god right like it's just the one life form and we just make one big power ranger yeah yeah <laughs> so obviously you know a lot yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of information to unpack every question. I mean, we were sitting outside a second ago and you informed me of the way squirrels impacted the way that trees basically grow in the Americas. Peppy the farmer, everybody. We're excited to have him <laughs> on the show. Um, do you want to dive in really quick? Cause we definitely want to mostly focus on what we've been talking about, but okay. I do want to go all the way back to the DMT experience you had because it sounds like you had a completely different life before you were the pretty famous around these parts goat yeah. farmer at Jester King. So where were you before that DMT experience that brought you to this point? I was in Virginia and it's like I was just finishing up like my nine years of uh, school and uh, through Appalachia, mainly like just in the Shenandoah Valley. And I was excited to I mean to move into advertising, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then from that I would even try and then specialize into horror film production. But but okay. <laughs> any, anything that that focuses in the concept of a creative director, yeah, which I always thought I had an edge in, but I was not able to get along with that community. Mm-hmm. Really, and then, and then even move into Austin, it was hard for me to like make friends, and I would just tell people, I'm like, well, do you want to come over to my farm? It's in the woods and no one knows it exists and I'd love it to show you. And then it just, I guess, comes off spooky. Sure. <laughs> and also, I love horror films. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring, bring on all the spooks. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for for my entire life, I'd always been happiest in nature. Mm-hmm. And then you put me even in a school setting or business setting, I'm not going to do well. Yeah. I'm not in the environment I'm supposed to be. Like, if that was one of like, the buttes that we got from COVID was seeing that we are able to work and, like, like we have the technology now. Yes. Yeah. There's no reason I have to be in that office all the time. And by all means, if it's a company I believe in, I'll be coming in. I want to yeah. see the people I work mm-hmm. with. But, like, shoot, allow me to exist in the environment that, that gives me the highest creativity yeah. and efficiency. 
Um, and that just, especially those years ago, no, not, not available. And, um, and that's how I'd be. I mean, I worked on marketing with the buzz mill for a few mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, I got, I got the opportunity to come farm for Jester King, which I'd have been a fanboy of for yeah. years. And anyone who's been yeah. out there loves it. Beautiful landscape, uh, really, really good guys and gals brewing the beer, like, really good ethos. Yeah, no, it's it's a family, and, and it's, it is really difficult to work there, um, mm-hmm. specifically because when I came on, we owned 58 acres, and I was just like, finally, I made it to the promised land. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm yeah. going to be at a place that pays me money to farm as opposed to me having to pay money to farm. And was so, that what you had been doing before Yeah, this? I mean, I, I don't know. I put, like, just, like, 20, some, probably, like, 20 grand into my, my previous... Uh, location and mm-hmm. and, that, and seven years because um, I mean you, you, my money didn't even matter to me it's, it's where all my cash went because yeah. it's just the most important thing and it and it's tough when I get in conversations about people it can come off that I'm self-centered but it's, it's not I just I only care about farming mm-hmm. and if you're not farming I don't care <laughs> so, so it comes yeah. off as rude but I, I, I cannot think of a larger prop like problem that we're meant to be mm-hmm. focusing on right mm-hmm. now yeah well it's like we said earlier you know this is farming is your life this is not just right. your job this yeah. is your life and, and and it's the separate nation nature of um trying to produce food where it's been for like the past six years it was more focused on education mm-hmm. and, th- and then finding out like yeah i mean i want to see nature retake the planet mm-hmm. and the occupation that performs that is a druid Mm-hmm. So, that's that's the path I want to be on, and it sounds goofy, um, but it's like it's it's a position we used to have. It was a a connection of a priest to nature, and mm-hmm. I mean they were just killed all entirely off like in like the thirteen hundreds through. Why why is that? Uh, and, and also, what is a druid? I, I have we no idea. we don't even know. I mean, like we <laughs> we we have we have such low understanding of like our druidistic nations of like the Celts and the Gauls, mm-hmm. because by that time they hadn't invented a language. Um, so we only can, they only worked with runes. Okay. And for the most part, I don't think anyone really knows how to read them. And I did try and I went I went to England to try and find druids, and I went to like one of their hotspots, and I was just walking around town to figure out where I could find a druid, and then. And this one guy who was just, he was wearing the outfit. I was like, oh sure. my God, it's him. <laughs> and then I was like, do, do you know where the druids are? He's like, oh, fuck off, I'm a druid. And I was like, what? And he's like, we're not going to show you your, ourselves to you until you can find the creek with blue clay, get naked, and cover your, the entirety of your body in it. And like, I don't know if I was being trolled to the extreme, but it, it seemed right. So I mean, I went to the library, tried to pull up all their um, their. Uh, geologic maps to then find where I figured it would be an iron deposit, mm-hmm. which would then turn the clay blue. Yeah, yeah, but I, c- I couldn't find much, and and they kept saying it's, it's fairy tales, but it wasn't. I mean, this is the way that we lived. Yeah, and um, and then what happens is both England and London are set up to be like these like uh, these centers of the Roman Catholic Church mm-hmm. uh, to spread the way of, our, of of the cross, and if you did not bow to it, then you received the sword. Um, that's when they yeah they step into the Germanic tribes and they wipe them out, pushing yeah. them further up into mostly Scandinavia at this point it seems, who have now like associated. I mean the last of those indigenous folks into the Laplands or the Arctic Circle, of uh, of all um, Sweden, Norway and Finland, and like and then so yeah there's just not much left of it. So you like. So to try and like educate yourself is extremely difficult. Uh, yeah, but like the the it's possible. I mean, I I, mm-hmm. I 
and, and again, I mean, I learned it from Lakota, but when they pray, they're, pay, they're praying seven generations back mm-hmm. as well as seven generations forward. Mm-hmm. And then you're just existing that one place at a time. Yeah. So you have these abilities to cr- like connect with your ancestors mm-hmm. and then their, their strength and their wisdom then pour, pours through you. And like, and oddly enough, I find out that my grandparents were Saskatchewan farmers in Canada. Okay. And it's like, so I, I'd never had farm, yeah. but, but it's there. But it's yeah. there in you. Yeah. And like, which means it's there in all of us. Because unless you like bougie as all hell, <laughs> if you go yeah. back three, four generations, your family was yeah. farming. They were possibly yeah. even two. Like our family, yeah. two generations to three generations back, were Alabama and Kentucky sharecroppers. Like yeah. it, it's pretty close it's a, to yeah. us as well. And it's like, so it, it's not, it's not difficult to to awaken. So what does it look like in the modern world to awaken that and follow that path? I think just a very humble relationship with nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at this point it's easier to communicate with a tree than it is to a human. Uh, I wish that wasn't the case, but mm-hmm. like uh, the tree's not going to judge you. Like you just True. sit under it. So I mean, just before this, yeah, I mean I was just watching this group of lovely squirrels um, chasing up and down a a pecan tree and just so tactfully burying them in, in the yard and like and that's that's awesome especially because I think it's like they f- they forget like 74% of all, all their nuts dashes <laughs> I also tend to forget where I put my nuts so yeah, I, it's, dude it's I get fair. that <laughs> so I mean those like, that's the forest grower of, of yeah. the Americas but but unfortunately all the hard work I was still doing like the, I mean, the little hole and then the double tap pushy pushy taps like mm-hmm. Where it looks like it was kind of giving the the nuts CPR, mm-hmm. which is like what I tell people how to to plant seedlings, like it's like giving CPR to a child, but it's odd because oh. actually when you do that, like, like I I think you are meant to break the rib cage for like a very small child. You would probably. Um, I remember getting my my CPR cert renewed maybe three years ago, which means I'd need to do it again. But yeah, whenever you're doing like it on a baby, it's it's just your fingers and yeah, your... and then bracing on the mm-hmm. backside. Yeah. yeah. So and that's what I'm like, like, so like, like a toddler, and then that's where you, like, you're pushing in. Yeah. But then to see it by the squirrel, it was super cute. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's just it, it's in a yard that gets mowed. Mm-hmm. So then, like, then that pecan tree just never has a chance to grow out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, and then that's where yeah we've created an imbalance with nature. So you study that, and then you figure out like, well, then how can I make this one part better? Mm-hmm. How can I rewild this part of the yard to to assist nature? Uh, to create uh, environment and food for all the critters that are amongst us, and like and it's just those examples, just over and over, of just just improving the little things where you can. Yeah, and that's where it's like everyone's like, oh, I just want to have a garden so I can like feed myself because the apocalypse. I'm like, good luck, bud. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just can't be done. But like, but you could just plant flowers. Yeah. Like, you, you could do something to improve it, and like, and then we don't even have to worry about the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't that long ago that. Every family had like a little, a, a small garden that they would yeah. maybe pickle something or grow some tomatoes and give to people. Uh, when I was out in California, there were fruit trees everywhere and just neighbors shared fruit. Like you, you couldn't live off of it forever, but there was that little bit of extra. Totally. And then again, but then again, the, the guy up the road has cows. Right. And like he, he, sla- he slaughters one and then like, I mean, that feeds the block. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For like, a while. Yeah. yeah. I mean. So it, it's always performed with community rather than just oneself, but mm-hmm. the only way they would be able to achieve it 
is with a federal UBI of a universal basic income, which mm-hmm. covers your needs, allowing you, you to then work on your craft, I mean, your professional craft, but the rest of it, I mean, like the 30 hours a week are then devoted to just, yeah, I mean, growing that sure. space. Mm-hmm. And you end up with, like, dedicated professional, you know, farmers, hunters, yeah. people who prepare, you know, those things. Um, like, but then it's covered. Right. So it's like... Ugh. And I, I think one of the best voices in farming right now is Chris Newman of Sylvan Aqua Farms, and he just shreds modern farming, and he's working on putting together like <laughs> he's working to put together like a collective that will feed like the DMV. Wow! But, but he's just like, if you're not if you're not grossing half a million in sales on an annual basis, then like, mm-hmm. what are you even doing? Yeah. How are you able to again like like pay yourself well as well as your staff? And and man, when you run out the math of, yeah, again like how do you create food? Without destroying soil, abusing animals, or incorporating slave wages for for the the human, I mean it's it's kind of impossible. And people, yeah. people are like bullshit. I do it here. I'm like, that's not Central Texas, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, based on the inputs that you have to create, along with like the pestilence, uh, I mean, especially when we're always at like not even the Blacklands Prairie, but up in the Edwards Plateau, just so difficult, mm-hmm. so difficult, and like. And it can be done, but yeah, it's just at the end of the year, I mean, you're just burnt. It's not, it's not a sustainable profession for that individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, just, I, I believe we do have to depend on large scale and then figuring out how to alter that. Yeah. Okay. So, so what do you think the future looks like? Do you see a future where we have a UBI um, and everybody is, you know, trying to live more symbiotically, or do you think it goes the other way? What What do you see happening? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that we're gonna have a violent revolution when people like don't because right now, I mean, we have Netflix and air conditioning, so mm-hmm. everyone's right. fine. Yeah. But yeah, if it gets to the point where where you're not able to like sustain have um just even like a meager life and feed yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, then that's where you start to get angry. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, America has a very stable economy sure. in, in the global sense. And we, we've still been reproducing to create a new working class that will pay taxes to help like take care of uh, Social Security. Sure. So like, I don't, I don't know how chaotic things will actually get here, mm-hmm. even though like, people like, want it. Uh, so the future mm-hmm. that I know is inevitable, and like we, we know nothing, so it's all it's always nice to admit like that we, you, you're we're all idiots. And just, <laughs> and we're, I mean, we're just yeah. we're just doing our best, and like yeah. you can make your your uh, attempt at assumption a certain degree, but at the end of the day, like you still just do not know. Right. Mm-hmm. But what I believe is, we're in the next forty years, we'll watch the largest diaspora of humanity that's ever been experienced. Mm-hmm. Where I think in forty years, forty percent of the global population will have to move inland. Yeah. And whereas uh, the Black Plague is what created the middle class, mm-hmm. because it just consolidated uh, through so much death of um, of uh, the peasants. That it yeah, consolidated wealth to where they were had they had enough money to then own land, um, so they had that they had property, but they weren't a feudal lord. They were the middle class. Mm-hmm. But in this sense, I believe with yeah, like, I mean, uh, I mean, Vancouver is underwater, and like I think yesterday someone told me it was like snowing in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that on a news feed. I I didn't know if it was real or not. I haven't even heard this, but so I can't, I can't confirm it. But yeah, yeah, like I, I can't confirm it either. But it's just and again to still be dealing with the person's like. Yeah, it's climate change. The world has weird weather. But when you see it in patterns, like mm-hmm. how can you not just be like something's up? Right. Mm-hmm. And yes, 
that we have always been shifting. Um, I mean, water moves. If you if you look at the hydrology maps of, uh, for America, you'll watch uh, over over the last like, 100, 200 years. You'll watch our rivers just dance, and that was our beaver, like mm-hmm. being able to perform that. Mm-hmm. Like that's awesome. But at this point, it's so aggressive and, and, and just, uh, yeah, I mean, condensed to a small amount of time, it's it's going to be violent. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, uh, yeah, it, it will, for the most part, only target uh, lower income. But even for those that, I mean, I think it's like 80% of our cities are built a- along waterways mm-hmm. uh, because that's how our trade used to be conducted. But that individual who the majority of their their income is invested into the assets of real estate and like fancy cars or a fancy boat. I mean, when that storm comes through, th- that wealth is just disintegrated. It's, it's mm-hmm. not able to be an asset that's then transferred to mm-hmm. anyone else. So that's like, not even, not even my biggest worry. My biggest water worry is running out of uh, fresh water. Mm-hmm. But when we, we always talk about Miami in New Orleans and Houston, but for me, I just think for like yeah, the population of Indonesia, mm-hmm. and I thought the population would be like three million. It's one hundred and twenty-seven million spread out across the Indonesian like island region, Whoa. and and for them, I mean, they'll get hit first. Mm-hmm. So even right. even in the the next ten years, if ten percent have to move, like they're not going to be able just to kind of go deeper into the island that's going on water. They'll have to move out, mm-hmm. right? And then so now we're looking at. 17 million people that have to be taken in from somewhere like, from somewhere yeah they have to go somewhere so so different different countries that are associated with the 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 UN and then like the, the I forget it, but like FAO mm-hmm. which is something about farming for the world I forget <laughs> I should learn that but I don't um, know dude it you, sounds like you've learned you, a lot at learned. this point <laughs> I, how do you keep all this in your head? Like, you just have to like, let go of human relationships. <laughs> Fair. Fair and enough. Has that sort of been a process over the past 10 years? Yeah. Is the more you go into farming, the less human relationships there are? Yeah. Has that been hard, or has it almost been easy to let go of certain relationships? Uh, when COVID hit, it was tight. I was like, well, <laughs> I'm like welcome to my game. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I got this down. And now that things are opening back up, it does give me anxiety. I can't be in groups of people. Mm-hmm. If, there, if there's too much communication, mm-hmm. uh, like, I can't. I think yeah. my magic number is like eight. Yeah. Like, I can't do more than that. And Have you always been that way? No. Yeah. Because you, you played hockey even for a long time too, right? Yeah. So that's being on a team and everything. Yeah, and like, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, I've had, I've had groups of friends, and I love going to metal shows or, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just being in a room where there's too many people interacting with each other at once. And I just got to go find a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And yeah. uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if, if the point of pe- people aren't, like, overstimulated, then, like, then... Most likely, yeah, we are too hyper-stimulated with everything that's going on, and we're not mm-hmm. able to see that. Or especially just allowing yourself to then at least li- like hybridize your life and, and then go spend that time in a meditation and, mm-hmm. and, and like with nature, because that's the whole thing. I mean, there's just so much communication out there that we're not picking up on mm-hmm. right. because we're just focused in the whole other degree. And there's, yeah. a, there's a place of balance in the middle. It's where every right answer is in the middle of yin and yang, and I'm not there. I mean, I'm tipped over f- too far to woods. Yeah. Okay. And and I and I need to yeah repair that. Um, and I've been trying to. When mm-hmm. I mean, come in here to squatch, I mean this is one of my favorite things. But this is just my city day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's right. The That's city fair. day. Yeah. And, and the rest of it is just, 
Yeah, it's 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 out there. In the nine months I lived in the barn with the goats, that was the breaker. Like mm-hmm. it was supposed the barn was supposed to get electricity and it just never did. And I, I couldn't even like read by candlelight out, out of fear that um something with the like barn cat, yeah, cat so, cat yeah. So of course, yeah, I mean like, I had a battery little lamp. Sure. And a little eventually I had a little battery fan. But it's just so depressing when the batteries would go out. It uh, just slowly dies out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just that moment of like, oh, no. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Because you you go from Buzzmill pretty much mm-hmm. to Jester King. Yeah, that was, right? the, that was the offer. And I'm even talking to the other owner here, like Jason Sabala. It was tight. I mean, he went around to all the employees and he asked, what is your dream um, and how can I help you get there? And I'm like, I want to be able to achieve a, a global status for horticulture and animal husbandry. He's like, Damn, don't really know how to help for that one. And, <laughs> sure. I, was like, and I was like, no, yo, it's cool. Like, I mean, I've learned a lot in this process, and, and I was just grateful for being able to work with yeah, Buzzmill and the Lumber Society and, and just to help inspire folk to move in that yeah. direction. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, when, when Jester King offered me uh, the job of as long as I lived on site, it was obvious that that was the next opportunity. Yeah. Unfortunately, it took me away from yeah, Buzzmill, my previous farm, the majority of my relations, mm-hmm. and, um, and then put me out there. Where I've been forced to, yeah, and in a sense, like, satisfy myself with just communication into nature. Yeah. And, um, and and at times, I mean, it's been wonderful, especially, I mean, it's the happiest I am. It's just when I come back in to try and create income and everything, it just, it gets boggled. Yeah. So you always have the the, the path of the hermit if you want. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just blast out and then, yeah, figure out how to help like self-sustain yourself. But, like, man, if you have a gift or, like, yeah, if you've been presented a gift... Like, it, it's almost your responsibility to go out in the world and share it. Yeah. yeah. And, and at this point, I, I just see people just kind of like weeping to be able to have a connection uh, to something outside of themselves. And I believe, yeah, I mean, the mother gives us everything we need. Right. So just reuniting folk with that. And, I mean, it, become, it can become its own ceremony. You're just sitting on a blanket in the woods. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just making it to where it's less intimidating. Yeah. That we, we always have a place to start. Yeah, even um, if it's just like your backyard watching squirrels. Yeah, yeah, and that's like, and, and like it doesn't again. Like, it doesn't have to be yielding you food, and that's always mm-hmm. where folks want to start. But like the idea of like, like how can I put in to then receive something back? Mm-hmm. Where it's just like how do I put back in? So again, and even before the UBIs existed, I mean, the first step to move in that direction would be a four day work week, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. to me is absolutely possible. And um, and then now that if you would have had three days to yourself. One of those should be shared in a, in a place of stewardship, mm-hmm. and that could be stewardship uh, to land, um, which I'm always a huge fan of, or just volunteering someplace that needs it, because like you've been blessed with a higher financial fluency, mm-hmm. and then and then to go work with those uh, I mean other folk that that society would say are beneath you, um, you end up creating that bridge uh, to build a relationship which which doesn't come comfortable to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm putting it back into something to lift it up, too, right? I mean, Absolutely. It's the same as if you were to put into the land and bring something out of it yeah. for no return, like uh, how you put it, someone that you might view as beneath you or just society says is beneath you and putting your talents into it to lift it up to your level. Yeah, and it's difficult to um, to exist in a complete place of altruism. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if it's done to feel good about yourself, sure, have at it. Yeah, but at like at the end of the day, at least you were there to put yeah. back in, mm-hmm. right? So 
my my big put back in if I were to be able to have like a game plan at this point. I mean, it's just it's continue my practicing. Um, I mean, I'm we'll see if I get like a, a separate account right now for work as I'll be stepping away from Jester King to try and um disrepair myself after just being out there for four years and working rock and mm-hmm. um living with animals. Uh, but I would love to see that we can start to create this um, a program uh, that mimics uh, FDR's uh, Conservation Corps. Yeah. And it would be like a regenerative program targeting that, I mean, all of the lots that have been overgrazed by cattle mm-hmm. and like uh, are, are too intensely tilled uh, to, to, then, to then have cover crop, to, to graze them with animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, to put in the sensors to, to test like your soil rebuild, yeah. um, to have cameras that, that capture the increasing biodiversity of, of birds that return. And, and then that's what eats off of whatever species and potentially shits out a seed to mm-hmm. then help grow another, another tree that works in that space uh, for, for no profit, but just knowing we have to invest billions of dollars into this program. Yeah. Right. And who's able to do it? I mean, I hope it's us. I mean, I hope it, I, 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 I hope. <laughs> That'd be nice. That'd be, be cool. nice. I mean, well, it's like, it'd be nice, but like, no, people always talk about the amount of like new young farmers, but no one brings up the fact that I think it's like 80 to 90% drop out in the first months. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, I mean, the first six months. And like, and I don't blame them. Yeah. Like, like way to try, but like, yeah, it is terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are we, what's the word when you have too much, like not coddled, but, um, some nice way to say it. Saturated. Well, it's just like, and and I'm yeah. Let's just chirp white people real sure. quick. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, just thinking, yeah, thinking that, that it's that it is beneath us. What's yeah. that? What's that word? Um, superior or like? Uh, Damn it! Above. Hoity toity. Hoity toity. Something. All the idea of yeah. screwed up. Work work boots going up the stairs. Silver slippers coming down, and we're yeah. a bunch of silver wearing. Yeah, that's sons true. Of bitches. Like yeah, and. If it if it isn't us and we can try, it, w- it would work out well for veterans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's a great place for them to transition into, uh, which helps because that's the only place where there's a piece of a pie that can potentially be allocated is the yeah. federal defense budget. Mm-hmm. Sure. Unless they just want to again birth in a new program and be like, yeah, I mean, three hundred billion dollars, cool, 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 yeah, and. Uh, Why not? But if it isn't us, potentially this is the safety net for, like, the Indonesian populations. Mm-hmm. Of those 17 million, we can take five yeah. for a work program to bring land back to life, to get it healthy again, to provide the passive benefits of land that captures and cleans water, mm-hmm. uh, sequesters carbon, and produces oxygen. Mm-hmm. Like, all measurable quantities that we currently pay for through our municipalities. Mm-hmm. So if you were to, able to bring on these large populations that they have nowhere else to go, provide them, I mean, education, and it's American education, so again, yeah, I mean, kind of bobo there, but like, yeah, I mean, at least we're able to give that to their kids while they help work our land to bring it back to life, and then, like, hypothetically, after five years, then they earn their citizenship. Yeah. Um, but just trying to think on a big scale, because that's how it has to be operated. Yeah, right. L- little steps we take, but for like a long journey of the next fifty years ahead of us, mm-hmm. right? Which is going to be painful. Yeah. Um, and there's no way around that. No. It's that it's that thing of like hard times create hard men, 
which create soft times that create soft men. Yeah. That create they hard create times. hard times. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that cycle, and we seem to be on the very. Maybe we are, maybe we aren't, but we do seem to be on the tail end of the soft time. I uh, I think we're at the beginning of the bell curve yeah. of where it's like, and and to me, I mean, everything kind of like goes to shit at like September eleventh, and the dot com crash mm-hmm. followed by a real estate collapse followed by our next one that's better coming up so then like like hypothetically let's just start it, say it starts with the year 2000 so right. at least we're like 21 years in mm-hmm. with like 30 to go but we just got to the bell curve yeah sure. which will just go up um exponentially, expo- exponentially yeah. into pain and suffering yeah it's gonna expedite it and then fall off yeah and like, but even if we were to cease uh uh carbon production mm-hmm. today Everything's still enacted. Right. Like, so... You've already pushed the ball. Like, it's already yeah. rolling. The, the snowball's already falling down the hill. And there's and there's not, a, there's not a way to stop it or assist it. It's just how much damage are we able to prevent. And honestly, I mean, the, the world knows what it's got to do, and it has to, yeah, call out our population mm-hmm. and, um, and, and to make a, a correct carrying capacity for human. And I, I do get upset when people are like, that's what this world needs, like another good plague or a good war. And I'm just like, what a shitty thing to say. Because mm-hmm. let's just think that it's like, it's your mother that then dies of plague. Sure. Or from being shelled. Like, so like, no, that, that's, that's the, the complete wrong perspective of how we're meant to be thinking. Because then it's met with, well, there's just too many goddamn people. I'm like, I don't even think so. Mm-hmm. Like, if the entire world's global human population lived at the density level of New York, or of at Manhattan, the entire world's global population would be able to live here in Central Texas. Wow. Like, allowing for the entirety of the world's resources to then be used for us. Mm-hmm. So, like, and people would say, like, that's the wrong with city folk. Like, no, there's nothing wrong with city folk. Yeah. Because now they're not buying three to five acre plots that are next to you and spreading out. Because then for the majority of these individuals, by all means, go land, but you just inherited the responsibility to work it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, again, it's not just a financial asset. It's something that we've destroyed, even prior to you. And like, yeah, make it better. And, and, if, and if you can't, then, like, just be a part of that city life. And then yeah. we have great running trails and biking trails through mm-hmm. Austin. Oh, yeah, and, like, absolutely. Our, our parks are all right. Um, <laughs> the, 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 I'll, t- I'll definitely toss shade at that. Sure. Um, <laughs> Because I want to see them be messier. I want to see prairie grasses. Yeah, and, like, yeah. and I always thought it'd be cool if we could, if we could compete with like, Portland mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. then create a park to then have as many species of life documented as possible. Yeah. And put a, put a small like, wager on it. That'd and be kind of cool. Does, I'm curious, does it get frustrating living in Texas knowing that I, I'm pretty sure we have more private land than any other state, and a lot of that land most. is just yeah, it's, it's nine, sitting there. Ninety-seven percent of land is privately owned in Texas, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd be curious to see what the percentage of that is, uh, which is the top ten ranches, mm. uh, which are just like all a bit shy of one million acres, yeah. right? And then again, like something, it's the when we talk like like oh, and let's just get back to land. I'm like sure, then like start divvying it out. Because, I mean, right now, I mean, I mean, where I'm living at right now, I mean, yeah, five acres just went up down the street for me. Radical. One million dollars. Yeah. And, like, in the land, shit. I mean, it's right. all just rock. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's just, it's not even, um, it's, 
it at no point is going to be a reality where I'm able to own my own land mm-hmm. while being near like a city center, um, yeah. which of course births the township model to a p- bunch of people moving back out to the country. But that shouldn't be the answer. Yeah. The, sh- the, the answer should be to accommodate, like, yeah, I mean, large cities where everyone, no matter their economic background, can find a, a, a part to be in it. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, when you lose your certain uh, classes, I mean, mainly, like, your lower class, like, guess who was bringing all the culture? Yeah. Guess who was making it fun? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now it's like, and instead, and then it's just like, when it's all money and all tech, it's like, cool. Nerds. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I've been to Palo Alto. I won't go back. Just very dull and gray. Um, yeah. I mean, we're talking about a lot of things that are extremely interesting, and there's so many different problems, but there seems to be kind of this overarching thing of figuring out a way to bring humanity back into accord with nature. Hell yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, and, and then there's, there, there is the step to, I mean, for my pursuit, but I don't recommend it. Right. Like, it just, it was too painful. Mm-hmm. And granted, granted I, I think it is, like, your suffering that actually makes you the, who the human you are, and it mm-hmm. just kind of cuts out of, out of the slate of marble. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's all your failures and that, that actually, like, cut you into uh, uh, being this soulful human because you didn't, you didn't break. You kept going. Yeah. The, like, the failures sort of cut away the pretense one by one. Yeah, yeah. but, like... For how, how difficult it's been for me to make, like, I don't know, th- th- this level of success. I mean, it shouldn't have to be the case. Yeah. Like, and let's say I, like, I finish and I get to the top and like, do this whole program and I get to write a book. It, just, it still shouldn't have had to have been that hard. Mm-hmm. Right. And at the end of the day, I, I, I love the idea of people be able to live soft lives. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. I don't, I don't want to be, man, you see the kids who, like, went to war and stuff, World War One and World War II, I'm like, I'm like, dear Jesus, like, that's a man. Yeah. yeah. That's a 16-year-old man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's cool, though, because, like, I want people to exist, like, in this, this childlike energy, because I think that's where we can get, like, a lot of creative mm-hmm. um, solutions for the problems that we face. Mm-hmm. So, outside of, like, yeah, it's having to take those major steps to just cut away pieces of yourself. I mean, sure. Shortcuts, simple, plant-based medicines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, specifically those that we can yield in large numbers, and that's going to be like, like yeah, psilocybin, I mean, DMT, mm-hmm. um, San Pedro. It's interesting you mentioned that. Some of the companies that I work with for my job are geared toward, um, like, guided wellness retreats, things like that, introducing plant medicine into, a, you know, more common vernacular people trying to get people used to it seeing it more often um but i as i see it marketed i'm somewhat afraid that it becomes again another way to divide class and it's like oh well, this is only for only tech, tech bros, bros get to do, <laughs> get to do that well yeah, yeah. i mean because because again one it's going to come from a place of affluency to be mm-hmm. able to afford it mm-hmm. uh two you have to be able to trust the individual that like it's not the trauma that's coming out that you're gonna have to deal with yeah, yeah. so it's a lot easier than just working with vanilla um Three, yeah, the stigma against allowing for a Schedule One drug to be in the high in the hands of of poor class. Yeah, like no one wants to see that shit. And and again, like I mean, a lot of of like poor decisions and patterns just deals with systematic trauma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and 
yeah, I'm sorry. Continue. No, oh no, no, no. I it's it's interesting. Um, I was thinking as you were talking about you know young men going to war and, and coming out fully fled like that is a man that is you know kind of we can think of as somebody who's been hardened who's had suffering, and I'm thinking as as we're talking about trauma and systemic trauma, how do you forge resilience without creating trauma, or can you? No. Yikes. You don't. You don't have. Um, because you don't have control, mm-hmm. and that's the whole point. You're moving on the on this path and journey, and like you don't have control. That's why, like again, in all these religious books, and again, you just have to trust in God. By yeah. all means, you can still get hit by a bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in that situation, you just have to trust that you're able to be, be moving forward because it is to understand how resilient we are, and then we never tap into that power. Mm-hmm. So I mean, one of the yeah, one of my like ways that like I, I meditate or like like try and regain like, yeah I listen to stories mm-hmm. of what it is like to be at war and the journals from that or uh, those that live in the Siberian taiga mm-hmm. and and just like I mean yeah I've gone through a lot of like hard shit in the last I mean 10 years in this pursuit but it's still nothing mm-hmm. it's still just like really poon ass <laughs> like I mean sure uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what I do, like, last week, ate too many edibles and ended up just walking eight miles with a steel mace to the Alamo to watch Ghostbusters. <laughs> sure. It ruled. It, it ruled. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. The end result was great. It's great. Um, where did the goats come into play? Because it was four years ago. Was the deal with Jester King just, hey, we have a barn, we have some land, we have some goats, come farm it? No, oh, no actually, uh, no, the goats were mine. So they were already yours. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, the herd starts with me. Um, Luna's birthday. Luna and the vodka, Their birthday will be in like three weeks. Oh. So happy early birthday. Happy yeah. early birthday. Yeah. yeah. I love them. I'm still and like what's tight is so the artist Chad Eden. Mm-hmm. I, I I brought it up to him like a year ago for but for him to do the art of Luna, then have her tattooed across my chest. Oh wow! Yeah. And their horns would ride my clavicle and then come over just a little bit into my throat, my neck tat. It's gonna hurt a lot. Yeah, yeah, the solar plex. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Momentary suffering. Moments, yeah, but right. like 10 hours of it. <laughs> yeah. But I love her. I would have quit farming years ago if it wasn't for the pact I made for her to see her life through. Really? Interesting. And um, but I had a partner at the time, Kate, and she was the one who was wearing on me for a couple years, uh, being like, like we, sh- we need to get goats. I mean, th- that's what can like help clear out this land, mm-hmm. and then we use like, their sure. fertilizer. And like, yeah, I mean, she just finally like, wore me down. Um, luckily the place I would try to get goats from, they were sold out of ladies, but we waited just long enough for a tour and then two girls were just born in front of us. That's oh, wow. Awesome. And it's like, and then that was like, that was like the third time where like, again, it's obvious the creator's like, this is your path. Yeah. Um, cause it was odd too. The woman said, she's like, she doesn't, she's not making any noise. Like the mom just, just dropped them. Just dropped yeah. them out. Yeah. It really is evident that whenever you're walking that path the creator set for you, that, that they, you know, you, you get, get sent, fed. You get fed, yeah, yeah. You get sent these little things along the way. And I really dislike the book of Job. I mean, it's like it's something <laughs> I hard that I have to process with. And then they were like, the whole point is being able to be like, God's always by your side. I'm like, yeah, but um, uh, the spark notes of that would just be. Dick move. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Like to be in a betting match with Satan, and right. then you just wreck a dude and kill mm-hmm. his children and yep. his livestock, and you give him more. I don't like it. Right. And and, and again, I mean, that's that's a book that we came from. That came from a man. Mm-hmm. All of them, and then you hope that they were able to be in a place of um, clarity to then deal with with a higher power, and then have faith that yeah, the system was then able to like include it. Mm-hmm. As the teachings that that moved forward a society, like 
under either the, their ruling to make money or for the self-betterment of them of themselves. Uh-oh, I'm so sidetracked right now. I'm sorry. That's so, okay. So, yeah, so but, but before... We can chase rabbits. Yeah. Dude, cool. We'll chase That's, all the rabbits. I'm like, I or goats, as it were. <laughs> yeah, okay. And goats, why, and, and such. But then... Uh, so was there while was while they were born, and then that was again like one of the times where it's like, like oh this is this is incredible. I mean took them back, and then we just only had uh, yeah the two kittens from each of them, so then we were up to six goats before, I then yeah my partner moved to London, and then it was just too difficult for me to operate in the city while still trying to pursue income to buy land and mm-hmm. not pay rent, which is all that we're ever trying to do. Yeah. Um, uh, but but yeah, so when I was told that I had to move out to Jester King and live on the land, my condition was that the the family would move with me. Mm-hmm. So I spent like a month clearing out the one barn, probably like yeah. three dumpsters of trash from the previous tenants. Okay. And and then when I moved the goats in there, I was going to stay with them for a few nights, but then there was just way too high a level of predation mm-hmm. uh, that showed up of a coyote, an owl, and then I'm like, all right, I have to, I have to live here. And... I guess it was like, th- like three months in when I decided to get a dog, Sasha, mm-hmm. to serve as their guardian. And then after she got like six months, she was at a decent enough fighting age so mm-hmm. that I could move out. Yeah. Um, what kind of breed did you end up going Anatolian with? Anatolian mixed with Pyrenees. Anatolian's nice. thought to be the first domestication of Canis. Yeah. Um, so again, from the Anatolian Hills, modern day Turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, through that ability of the dog, which is domesticated somewhere between twenty and 30,000 years ago, which then allowed us to then domesticate mm-hmm. oxen into cattle. Uh is yeah uh, pr- probably our first uh, type of a working relationship with an animal, mm-hmm. and then yeah, then goats are somewhere between five and six thousand years, mm-hmm. and then also also show the same intelligence of a dog when when tested with like in a sense just how many steps can you solve before you receive food mm-hmm. sure. is typically the the scientific method of determining animal intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, that but. means I'm real dumb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so when did you realize, because we, we've talked before, and by the way, for feeling like it's been hard to come back into society in some ways, you are very kind and very yeah. easy to talk to and a joy to have around. So. Oh, no, and this, and this is tight for small <laughs> groups and everything. Yeah, yeah, heck, so keep coming back, but when we talk, and even in this podcast, we can hear just the passion and the love mm-hmm. you have for the land, for the goats... When did you realize with the herd itself, like, I love these goats. This is my family. Uh, I mean, day day one with Luna and Lavaca. And, mm-hmm. I mean, she'll, when she passes, she'll get uh, full Viking rights. And, that uh, makes sense. You look like a Viking. And, 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 but, yeah, but for, but for a pyre. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and then just send her spirit off. Um, so, I mean, from the beginning... But when it turned into herd and not as much as loving them, as much as loving what they recreate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was probably three years ago, oh, two, two or three years ago when I really started to see it work with their digestion of the ash juniper tree. Okay. So it's what we confuse to be cedar. So, I mean, um, a coniferous tree that's also known as uh, mountain juniper. It's not true cedar. It's not a true juniper either. But it's everywhere. It's everywhere because we exterminated the bison, and which would have grazed it, as well as we don't allow for natural wildflowers, uh, wildflowers to come in to then convert all of that carbon uh, back into soil structure so that you can see the prairie grasses that return into it. Mm-hmm. And then that has the root system that can actually punch down through the stone, holding rainwater, sending it into our aquifers. Those fill up. It seeps out as a, as a spring. 
builds creeks, that holds themselves in ponds, that might bring on beavers, and everything works. But when you take away that ruminant grazer, it falls apart. Because on, uh, on its own, that plant, it seems like it probably takes like two to three years for those needles to break down into soil. And that's not even, again, like in, uh, encountering how much that just kind of like, like dries up, blows yeah. away in the wind, mm-hmm. gets rolled off by water. Um, but yeah, t- uh, two to three years. It takes the goats a ten and a half hour digestion cycle. Okay. And like, so then that's where they're like, holy shit, like this is, this is working. And it's still done in tandem. Like we, I move them through certain parts of the property. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, like once a year you would come through with a chainsaw, build up the piles uh, on your most uh, disparaged pieces of land. And like, yeah, then light it all on fire. Yeah. So I mean, it is the mixture of again, like, like, I mean, man and, and beast working together, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. also with like the nature of fire, mm-hmm. uh, in accordance with the rain that came through to where you can do it. In, in a controlled burn manner, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, yeah, and, and reintegrate the strategies that were available a thousand years ago. Yeah, it just it still works. Right? It still it works, works, and it is what works. And like, but for us, whenever we like we see those strategies, uh, as opposed to like, I mean, Elon Musk put up, I guess, like a hundred million dollars for who who can solve. Um, World hunger. World hunger, basically. Oh, yeah, right. world or, hunger, and then I, I think the other one he's just offered, I think it was just for carbon sequestration. Yeah. Uh, and we're always looking for technology, as opposed to, again, like, it's just that profession. Instead of just looking to nature. <laughs> just literally. Yeah, like, it's, it's, all, it's already there, mm-hmm. and it's always so frightening. Like, in Japan, they had to make robotic wolves mm-hmm. to, to then exist on farms to, to keep the hog away. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I know that we've uh, recently started introdu- reintroducing wolves into er- certain areas. So what's what's happening with that? Is that shit? I can hit wolves for a minute. I yeah. mean, no, like it was. Yeah, it was good wolf news until like I uh, mean this last year, mm-hmm. where they were taken off the Endangered Species Act, and I think like Wyoming was the major state. Probably yeah. And. Uh, and then, like, they're like, yes, all the farmers and ranchers get together, and then they say that we have to, like, bring this number down. They turn to science, and science says, like, yeah, you have uh, 200 that you need to call out, but then by the time they, they had stopped everyone, they had killed 400. Right. And then science found out that they were, they, were all, they were incorrect, and it was only meant to be 100 that were taken. So it's already just... It already pretty much reversed yeah. in those states. I mean, like... Uh, along the Canadian border, I mean, we're going to have a, dis- a decent, like, gray wolf, but, like, in the tem- timber wolf population, it's only going to be left where, like, like, human doesn't exist. And I get it. Like, I mean, it's really difficult when it's taken down your livestock. Right. It's just really interesting because a lot of times they don't even, like, eat of the corpse, which is also why, like, that rancher takes such offense. Right. But it's, like, it's just that wolf saying, like, what the hell? Like, like I used to hunt. Yeah. And now there's this thing that just goes moo. Yeah. And I don't feel like I can't should be here. Like what's going on? Yeah. So I mean, they're just they're just really confused. And and then the only successful ranchers I've talked to that um mm-hmm. that have just a flawless record of of predation. And then you ask them like, how do you keep your wolves away? Like it's easy. We feed them. Right. So in in their harvesting process for the animals, they just have like an altar at the corner of a property. Yeah. And uh, and then people say like, all you're doing is raising their numbers, like tight. Let's uh, let's talk about the other way. So outside of wolf, we'll talk about in a sense like their little cousin, the coyote, yeah, um, who is despised throughout Texas yeah. and the majority yeah. of the country. Uh, but if you kill at 
At night, when you hear them, the majority of the time, it's not a party. It's just a roll call. Mm-hmm. They're so, just checking in. Yeah, so when you hunt a few off and they don't make roll call, then it actually drives the females into compulsory ovulation. Mm-hmm. Instead of having two to four pups, they'll have six to 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy, right? So by like hunting them off, you actually just like increase your problem. So like, how do you help that? By introducing rabbits... Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, and then give them like the, their healthy balance, they're meant to meant to exist in, and then that's a healthy ecosystem. Right. And like, and and yes, it it's it sucks to lose livestock. I mean, I I haven't lost one, and yeah, <laughs> and like, but but yeah, even if it was a cougar, mountain lion, sure, and and they take like my queen. I mean, queen, we might cross the line, but <laughs> I'm just gonna hope that I would have the mercy and compassion in me. To then again when I when I have to climb up into the tree to mm-hmm. retrieve her corpse, yeah, um, and then put her back to altar. I mean, say my prayers, invite a na- nature to finish. Um, yeah, I hope that would be the decision as opposed to killing off like one of the four cougars that exists yeah. like in the hill country. Yeah, and it would be hard, I'm sure. Um, it would be, but but how, and like, ugh, but. <sighs> How many decisions that are ever born from anger are the correct ones? Mm-hmm. Not to say yeah. it, it can't be done, but your your judgment's definitely clouded. And Interestingly, that reminds me of what you were talking about with Job, is having that strength to not renounce. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, and that's why I, I guess that's why it um it affects me because I do have, a, I don't know, a a problem with being destroyed by God. Like, oh, it's but it's just. Like brought down. I forget how all of his livestock Dude, died. Dude, it's it's like it's basically, basically like it's like fire from the sky. It's not it's not subtle. It, it was very struck by thunder, burned yeah. alive, ran off a cliff. But I mean, to this point throughout the story of Job, he expresses anger and he expresses yeah, right. the rage, but he never acts on it. No, yeah. no, he breaks like a a, a clay pot yeah. and then the. the Bursts all of his boils on him. Yeah. yeah. Then his wife leaves him, and everyone calls him a fool. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. But, so I mean, like. And then at the end of the story, let's not forget all of his livestock was returned to him tenfold. All of his land I, was returned to him. Tenfold. I know, and, like, and he made more daughters. Right. But but which it's again like, is a good parable. But it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't replace like it's like <laughs> no, no. I still you still allowed like oh, and, I get and that's, the anger yeah. and that's why you brought it up before like what's a, like, are you able to do to move yeah. in this journey without experiencing trauma I don't believe so yeah because I mean then otherwise it's, it's not it's not a journey um, and trauma can happen but it's not the end of the world mm-hmm. because you can put in the work to rebuild to rebuild and the yeah. Been back to plant-based medicines. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, the the shortcut that shouldn't necessarily be dependent on. Right. Um, but it can be a catalyst. Oh God! I mean, it can just be so helpful. Mm-hmm. Like, and and like, life's hard enough. I have no problem with like finding whatever works. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna say that that mushrooms will work for everyone. But I will say that it'll work for ninety nine point nine percent of the human population. Yeah. What's What's been the most impactful, or just powerful, decision or experience you've had with mushrooms just in the past couple of years? Uh, I was just bad. I would I would uh, for years I would hallucinate and hear and see wolves. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and then it was this this like terrible nightmare. It's like you are not the wolf. You're gonna be eaten by the wolves and your friends. Wow. And and it was just like. 
<laughs> I wouldn't even have to take much. Yeah. And it would just suck because, like, I don't know, we'd be someone just having a great time. And it would always come when I'm, gonna, I'm having the best time in my life. I'm with the people I love most. The music that's playing is great. We have a movie on the projector. We're eating the fish that we caught yesterday with the veg that we grew. And, like, and it's just the best. And I feel that I, I get to a place where I feel like I'm in, like, heaven. And then after that, the only the only thing you can experience is immediate and torturous death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's on me. Like, but that's what just, <laughs> that would happen for years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know. I was finally, yeah, just talking to my medicine man who sat me down and it was happening again. Because people, like, I would just start crying and just asking them if I could at least put on my boots mm-hmm. um, to fight to the death. Like, it's happening again. It's, it's the, he's doing the wolf thing. He needs the boots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah. it was just so bad. But, yeah, it was, like, four in the morning, and I woke up, my incredible medicine man, and I remember just being, like, but are you, are like, oh, I don't know what he's saying. He's like, oh, yeah, he's are they the wolves, or are you the wolf? And I'm just, like, laying on the floor, I'm like, I'm the wolf. <laughs> I'm the wolf. And I, I haven't had it happen since, but mm-hmm. that's just when you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I mean, and then just also just having an incredibly powerful man in my life to help guide me through that. Yeah. Which forever grateful for, and, like, and yeah, he, he comes from incredible blood of, of experience to have that connection to the creator, and, again, it's possible. You just have to build it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as we said before, I mean, redevelop those relationships you had, which is... Which is difficult to then speak into like Protestant religion because that can be then recognized as witchcraft. Mm-hmm. For the right. same reason, I mean, uh, so many women were executed for just like going into the flower to pick. Right. Almost going in the woods to to pick like flowers, and then they right. think, like you're witches. Oh, I'm gonna pick this pretty flower. She's a witch. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, such bad journals of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but again, so that's the consistency. Just over for the, I mean, centuries. We have, we have lost whom we are, which is this connection, which, I mean, yeah, E.O. Wilson points it to as a biophilic network of all these different formats of life that are, like, exist interchangeably. And he says, since we've separated ourselves from that, it potentiates our leading reason for depression and suicide. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was talking about parks before. It's not necessarily even just being in nature, but being, like, in, like, wild nature. Yeah. Yeah. Having it exist in your neighborhood, which is advocating for more evolved parks because right now it's Bermuda grass and oak trees it's not where nature thrives it's just where you take your dog to shit right and like but instead yeah if you were able to then document that there's 120 different species of life that exist in this one place yeah and then it's like it's four blocks from your condo mm-hmm. and like yeah that's and all you have to do is walk in it right yeah or, or in a hypothetically just yeah. not even like it's just like it's just in your aura yeah, yeah. and do you think in a way that comes back to how we sort of connected on Life is one being, and we're very disconnected between head and heart right yeah, now. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, we, we we stay within our heads, which is a place of fear. Mm-hmm. And and to get to the heart, I mean, it, it's constant hard work, or it's mushrooms. Like, <laughs> and it can be whatever it does. It greases yeah. the wheel. It greases the wheel. It greases yeah. the wheel Hard enough. work is hard work, but mushrooms... I mean, everyone, everyone has the, the same connection... And it's so organic to where it's like the trees are breathing. We mm-hmm. are all one. Yeah. Right. And then, and then how do you on that other side? You'd be like dirtbag hippie. <laughs> like someone is now aligned themselves to like evolve into this next direction. And I, I don't know who said it, but it struck me years ago that 
currently we're on like the sixth door of evolution, which is technology. Mm-hmm. And the seventh one is compassion. Mm-hmm. Again, figuring out just how to care for those other than yourself and specifically those just don't look like you at all. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that shortcut to me um, is that medicine that's been given to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially just to track our, our growth as homo sapien. And one point, like, yeah, we would have been fecalvores, falling behind the, these grazing networks of animals and then eating their dung, which is the high likelihood that's where we contract our first mushrooms and mm-hmm. can see color, which then inspires us to build and control fire and unlocking new nutrients, and it just, and it just continues. Yeah. But kind of since the industrial evolution, we've been a bit stagnant, and at this point even going down for the first time for our life expectancy. And I mean, it's, it's made great advancements, but when you live in a world where people are dying more from overeating than undereating, it's mm-hmm. just like, what's going on? Absolutely. There, I have, I have a question based on, um, you know, the evolution of humanity, as it were. There were at one point more than just Homo sapien. You had other... other 100%. Points. And Homo sapien was the one that won out partially because of an intense desire to win, to dominate, um... Do you think that, and I'm, the reason I bring that up is, do you think that humanity as we are have have it in our nature to put away that and become compassionate toward everybody? Or do you think that we have just inherently this need to suppress and dominate? We inherently have that that need. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what we have to get over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it, it's difficult because folks say... Just because someone has like gets more, it doesn't mean you have to have less. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, no, that's exactly what it means. That's exactly mm-hmm. what that implies. Yeah, and yeah. like, and then you, collectively as a humanity, would you be able to have that? And that's really hard on an organic level, mm-hmm. based on like, let's just run with however many billions or trillions of dollars that's spent on religion every year. That for the most part is teaching that, mm-hmm. um, and like, yeah. It's, it's not working. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. are we all going to try mushrooms? <laughs> um, back to mushrooms. Yeah, back, back, to mushrooms. back to mushrooms. It's all back Both. to plant medicine. Before trying mushrooms, this whole conversation makes me wonder, and it's equal parts hope and devastation, mm-hmm. will hunger be the great equalizer? Just will we, will we hit a point where everyone is so hungry and we've moved past the I'm so hungry, I'll kill you for food to I'm so hungry and you're so hungry that we have to work together. When, when right now, half of all food that's grown is thrown away. Mm-hmm. That's before it, it goes to retail and everything. Mm-hmm. That's just in the fields. Yeah. So all the inputs of water and fertilizer and everything, half of all that food just like isn't up to spec. And yes, people bring up like imperfect foods and everything. It's just to be able to take away a pinch. Uh, because when you're having to represent your brand, it's very difficult for you. If that's like your one main line, I farm 60,000 acres of tomatoes under this brand. I'm not having shit tomatoes because then hypothetically I lose my distribution account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Half of all food there. Then when it makes it to market, half of all that food is thrown away as well. Wow. So I don't do math, but I think that's 60%. Or, no, I'm not going to go for it. Um, <laughs> Good attempt. You know what? It's, I, a yeah. it's a lot. It's, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot. So uh, safely, we can say too much. And so to me, I'm like, like, no, I very much believe that we'll be able to figure out how to feed each other, and it's going to be through synthetic food groups, yeah. and um, as well as um, 
I mean, yeah, a, a plant-based alternatives that yeah. then are getting to taste a lot like meat and do not have to be grown um, explicitly with soy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we're figuring it out. Yeah, food ain't my worry at all. Yeah. It's water. Yeah. Water's the worry. Like, we, we, water is going to be our next world war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, you talk about the, the, yeah, the, the pains of hunger. I don't know. I'll take that over the pain of thirst. Sure. Yeah. And then because, again, when you're just like, you get to the point where people drink their own piss. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. be, you, you can survive, what, like seven days without water? It's, it's not a lot. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, you can survive you can go, substantially longer without food. Than yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, based on the rations that we'll potentially have packed on our bodies so the carbohydrates that we've stored over, the, over all the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can live for like a while. Months. Yeah. Uh, Depending and, on your body and then again, levels. And it's water because we just don't have the respect for it because for me, we pee into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, my, one of the small, because we always talk about recycling, which is pretty much useless. Um, that wasn't, that, that was pretty much an idea born out of, like, global packaging companies for the consumer to have to take responsibility, as opposed to just making a system that, like, is clean, and that mm-hmm. cost is built in. Yeah. Uh, I, I just try and pee on more trees than toilets. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, that's the smallest thing I feel you can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, for others, like, when you don't want to, like, yeah, like dig a hole, which I don't, like, recommend. Sure. I mean, that's where, that's where we use for our, our wastewater treatment facility plants. And then that water is meant to be, you introduce a, a micro, because, yeah, I went to a couple of wastewater treatment facility um, symposiums. And, yeah, a bug is introduced to make all the biosolids fall out to the bottom. That water is then racked off, chlorinated, dechlorinated. Um, and then it goes back into a system which we we have not provided the ability for it to be drinkable water. Mm-hmm. But, like, it is. It is and can be. And we need to be more comfortable with that concept than the comfortability that just, like, yeah, fresh water is always going to be with us. Mm-hmm. We have a growing population, and its ent- entire count in our aquifers dramatically dropping out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at peak last year, I believe 98% of... Um, counties in california were in emergency drought yeah california produces more than 50 percent of all fruit and veg for the country that's crazy and again again, like this is why i'm the bummer at a party (laughs) Uh, but it's just like how is how are we not talking more about these issues and doing more about it too Uh, yeah because again because the first step is just acknowledgement Mm -hmm. of the responsibility you must have and like now i'm not the smartest person I, I can help voice my concerns, but there's going to be someone else that I work with in tandem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's cool, again, is like the majority of our in- inventions, I feel, come influenced by nature. Mm-hmm. So that's the yeah. place, again, studying those recycling methods to figure out how we can still e- exist as a, as a people mm-hmm. before we lose ourselves. Yeah. Well, pee on trees... Take, take more one mushrooms. Thing, yeah. Nice. Spend more time outside. Like it. Yeah. Peffy, I know that you got ghosts to go back to. I know this is your city day, so don't want to take too much of your time. I have three more questions for you that can be a little more rapid fire. One, just what's next for Farmer Peffy? I know that Jester King is this chapter is coming to a close, so to mm-hmm. speak. So just what's what's next for you? I don't know. I mean, the biggest thing is just wanting to spend a year uh, rebuilding a body. Um, emotion and soul. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sniffing at a couple different accounts for potentially just like consulting okay. and trying to use my brain more than my brawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, hypothetically, some of my original herd comes with me. Or then, yeah, I mean, 
Uh, they would be, I have a contract with Jester King, so I would sell them to them. Uh, there's, there's good people to take care of them and everything, but it's just like, it just feels like yeah, I'd be losing my, my family, but then yeah. still having visitation rights. Yeah. Um, but then I have like a, a little bit of my life back. Uh, but yeah, no, no clue. I mean, I've just been watching Netflix in bed and it's been awesome. Heck yeah. There is a time and a place for everything. There is a time yeah, and a place, including watching Netflix. Do the goats watch with you, or are they? I wish. Like, I mean, that was the <laughs> that was the whole thing. I mean, all I needed was a barn with electricity, uh, with a projection movie theater and a disco yeah. ball, yeah. and then a simple man with simple a simple needs. man. Sim- simple and like, and then I would be able to watch movies with him. But more importantly, hockey. Yeah. And that's all. That's all I've wanted for years now. And like. If I can create that situation, holy shit, is next year going to bang? Yeah. Like, because yeah. that's when I'm just like, I am the happiest. Mm. I'm watching <laughs> hockey with goats. I'm screaming. They're freaking out. We're all doing beers. <laughs> like, you know what, Peppy? You know what you want. And based on our conversation, I have no doubt you're going to get it. Oh, thanks. It's, yeah. I, I think Creator is going to plop it in front of you just like yeah. he did. Hell yeah. And so the second question out of the three. You're a metalhead, I'm a metalhead. Seth isn't as much, but I have some selfish really quick. You know what? What are your, like, three or four favorite metal bands that you're listening to right now? Uh, Daughters, Knocked Loose. How good is Knocked Loose? How good is Knocked Loose? They are so good. So good, right, guys? Right, guys? (laughs) No, I mean, mean, it's California Thrash, but I forget that kid's name. Uh, Brian Garris? Yeah. Dude. Boy, like, I mean, it's just... He's young. Mm-hmm. He's kind of small in stature, but just lets it rip. Yeah, dude. And like for the, for those that just don't like metal because like it's like icky or whatever, like nah. I mean, you gotta expose yourself to as much as possible, and specifically mm-hmm. passion. Yeah. So I mean, that's where I always rip like that, and even like I mean, large scale um, uh, symphony because like, I mean, it's just my favorite no- noise. Uh, who cares if you don't understand what what he what he says like. But he means, he means it. it. He just, yeah, yeah. He like you it. will feel that. Yeah, and like yeah, they just announced their new tour, so mm-hmm. they'll be back here. We're going to a show together. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I typically get in a lot of trouble in this city. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a lot. Um, <laughs> I look forward to that. Uh, we'll get Anthony involved. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. As long as there's a little backup, because like typically it's just a lot of people that are trying to fight me, oh, especially gosh. like this last time I went to go see Ludacris. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was like everyone else is like 98 percent cowboy garbed, and it was yeah. just so <laughs> awkward. And I'm trying to dance. I bought pit tickets for Ludacris for a reason. Nice. Yeah. And there's just like sick dudes trying to fight me um but but yeah daughters knocked loose and then i'm gonna gonna throw in an old jammer right now but and just the one album from them but as the roots undo by circle takes the square okay so solid banger for like an hour through okay of um a, a great like hybridization between southern rock and the sacred harp okay which is a call call and return yeah style of um Religious choir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. I, I just had to have it. He shared <laughs> no, a Spotify rap hey, the other day and you had like Power Trip, Noctilus, yeah. and Burials on there. So I was like, I got it. Well, the funny thing is, is the, but the number one is TC Superstar, like yeah. my, the danciest band in Austin. Yeah. And again, and I get in trouble because I just dance with it's too hard, brother. But <laughs> but in the idea of knowing what's on the way, when I like when I talk to my medicine man and ask him, like, like the communication I've received from nature says like there's no better time that's coming. And then when I asked him, like, he's like, yeah, we were never told they would be. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, you really got to take advantage of today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. and and when and when and if everything goes to shit, boy, would you look back at yourself like a fool <laughs> yeah. for not like uh, just engaging life at a more mm-hmm. passionate level and a shameless yeah. level too, right? Yeah, because no matter who's around you in the pit, to use a metaphor for a metal show, like having the maximum amount of passion in your time yeah. right there. And like, I'm sorry, if, I'm sorry if I've bumped into anyone listening. Like, I I am deeply apologetic. Like my. My goal isn't to make you uncomfortable. I mean, I, I will say we're in the front six by six or ten by ten of a band that's like ripping, so that gets me a little bit of excuse. But there's never malice in my heart. Yeah, like it's just burning, and it's one of the only places I can feel comfortable enough to express myself. Yeah. Heck yeah, we're going to a show together Sick. for sure. And then I'll drive. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, can drive. Yeah. you can stay outside too. <laughs> um, and then uh, Seth, last question. We love to assist everybody. What does it mean to you to be a Texan? That's cool. So, yeah, when I, when I was told to move to Texas to pursue farming, I was like, why? And it's big because in Texas, the uh, the way you earn respect is through work ethic. Mm-hmm. Like, there there's a certain space where just it doesn't matter who you are in, in this mm-hmm. state. It's not. It's it's a conservative state, but it wasn't religious born. Yeah. I mean, this was a lot of like hooligans that moved here. Yeah. Yep. I mean, at the time of like, my God, I can't even think about settling. I mean, yeah. I mean the <laughs> land of the cactus and the Comanche mm-hmm. and like a lot of things that kind of want to do you damage and yeah. then still move out. I mean, mm-hmm. like conditions that are a bit inhospitable. Like yeah. this th- state doesn't really want you to live in it. No. Yeah. No, but if you can break through, find access to water, I mean, it's mm-hmm. incredible. And like, mm-hmm. and for the same reason, I mean, uh, a beautiful Sundancer, yeah, was explained to me uh, two nights ago. I mean, uh, the Hopi Indians chose real trash property, mm-hmm. and they lived, like, amazing life. They, they knew where there was access to everything, mm-hmm. uh, but in their heart, there was a place of suffering that was necessary to keep you connected and grounded to what is the most important. Mm -hmm. I think central Texas is like the best place to live in the world. So, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be here Mm -hmm. like till death. I'm trying to fight for this community to understand, uh, the need for water and and each other. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, I've been really, I'm incredibly grateful for this state and, and the way that it did welcome me with open arms coming from Virginia. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been just working my ass off. Yeah. And I mean, I tr- try to ride horses when I can and yeah. and shoot fer- shoot and eat feral hog and yeah. plant trees. Every when I'm walking in the field, yeah, you look for your native grasses that are at flower and you assist them by taking a handful of the seed on top and then and scattering it to, to the wind. Mm-hmm. I mean, just very much putting back in for this place that's been so good to me. Mm-hmm. So that in a nutshell is what I see to be Texan. I mean, it's just it's just working hard to take care of this land so we have it forever. That is the single best answer we have had I on the show. More. Peppy, dude, thank you so much for sitting with us, for educating us. Absolutely, yeah so many things and for putting back into this land that as people as as people who grew up as here, people who grew up you. here like thank you for oh, yeah, taking yeah. care of this place and any way that we can help you literally with our brawn and with our brain please never hesitate to ask um where can we follow you where can we follow the work that you're doing oh uh, you're right out it's got like farmer peppy on the gram <laughs> um i have i haven't put too much in to like creating content yeah i mean you've been busy 
farming. Yeah, farming. I mean, I I was on social media to post cute goats mm-hmm. to find people to help volunteer and, yeah. and farm. Like, mm-hmm. that was my intention for the last years. Now that I have some time off, I am looking to consolidate more, put myself out, uh, trying to retain a better relationship in society yeah. so I don't have to... Um, so I can find myself in, in, in larger spaces than, than this. Because I mean, this, this feels wonderful. I could, I could hit this shit all day. It's just... Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not in a, in, a, in a right place of balance. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see what that journey looks like. But yeah, yeah. it's just Farmer Peppy on the gram. It'll probably be focused more on, I guess, metal show than, than goats right now. Right. Um, but who who knows? Uh, and, the, and the next two weeks, yeah, we'll, we'll find out where I'm heading. And if it's just taking off here for a year, I mean, if the Jester King family wants me back after I'm like, be able to put uh, back together this tight. Mm-hmm. And I just have to be near Squatch and just... Mm-hmm. Uh, train my body back up, start volunteering at whatever school program or mm-hmm. yeah. whomever w- wants me to drop in, uh, teach what I know, and and just, yeah, keep this journey going. Heck, yeah. Well, dude, we will help you in any way we can. Oh, yeah, we'll you you, yeah. For all your time. And, yeah, once again, however we can help you continue to put back in the list, we definitely will. We appreciate you so much. Sick. All right, have a good one, boys. Thank you once again. Peppy, I would go to a metal show with you anytime. Peppy, we are going to a metal show together at some point soon. I'll drive. <laughs> and maybe, and maybe, maybe sit in the pick car. him up when he inevitably gets kicked right. out. Yeah. Since that sounds like it's sounds something, like something he that does. might happen. So. In a fun way. <laughs> in a fun way. Speaking of getting kicked out. Ooh. I saw him. You saw him. I saw him. Mm, what did mm-hmm. you see him? Or did you see him? I mean, maybe we can both see him this week. What, what did you see? Because usually it's one or the other. Usually it's one or the other. I don't know. I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that was there. <laughs> you saw him? No, you go. <laughs> <sighs> so, anyway... I was at 24 Diner here mm. in Austin. It's a 24-hour diner. 24-hour diner, except on Tuesdays. They right. close to clean, which implies that they don't clean any other time. But I was at 24 Diner, mm-hmm. and I got some chicken and waffles. They're right. known for their chicken and waffles. Yes, they are. And I'm about to start eating, and this yellow blur just flashes in from the back door and then comes to a full stop right next to mm-hmm. my table. He grabs my chicken, looks me in the face. It's Lance, by the way, just in case you didn't, in case you didn't know. Yeah. It's Lance. Grabs my chicken and says, what do you think this is? Meals on wheels? Puts the chicken on in his mouth and just rides away. Wow. That's crazy. So it technically was Meals technically on Wheels. Was meals on Wheels. As soon as it entered his mouth. Well done. Well done, Lance. I couldn't, I wasn't even mad. I just the, thought... The guy's, the guy's full... He's got some great puns. He's, like, he's really good at it, honestly. Sometimes he delivers. It's like he thinks of this stuff weeks in advance. I know. Before telling me. It's like he brainstorms and, like, it's thinks like about ways to mess with It's like he's obsessed with this joke. Right? Because he is. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. All well, right. y'all... Well, hey, that's it. Listen, Texas Podcast, we hope you enjoy the new logo. We hope that you guys are... Thinking about ways that you can interact with us, please comment, please like, please subscribe, please do all the things DM we ask you to do. All the engagement. We got a lot of fun stuff coming. We really do. Some makeovers. As I said, we have a new logo. We've got some other new aesthetic stuff about to happen. Coming down the pike. Tune in. Stay tuned. 
Like you said, if you haven't followed, at Texas underscore pod. If you haven't liked, go like. If you haven't followed on Spotify, hit the follow button. If you haven't downloaded on Apple Podcasts, hit the download button. If you have not left a written review, please do that. Please do that. We actually have t-shirts now. And we, we will give them away. Yeah, we are eating we the cost will, yeah. of those t-shirts. And they look great. They look really good. I'm very happy with those. So hit those up. And as always, thank you for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. Bye, y'all.